This time on episode 389 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we talk What If the World Lost Its Mightiest Heroes from the Disney Marvel series What If, season one, episode three. We talk weekly Marvel news, including some MCU Deadpool 3 and Phase 4 tie-ins, Black Panther and Black Widow updates, the first trailer from Spider-Man No Way Home, and a few Disney plus Marvel series updates, including What If, Loki, and Armor Wars and your feedback. I'm Stephen John Drew from Better Podcasting, a podcast about podcasting, part of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find fantastic geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the shield director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Agent Lauren. I'm Consultant Chris. And I'm producer of the show, Director SP. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Thursday, August 26, 2021, live from the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast universe-wide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat as we record. Everyone, happy National Dog Day! Yay! This is the best national day we've had for a while. It's a really good day. I didn't even think I was going to be able to celebrate with a dog this year. And yet there is a puppy that is 10 feet outside that door right there. Yeah, Fulton is napping on the couch in the other room right now. I've missed having a dog. It's pretty great. Yeah, this is not my I want to clarify. This is not my dog. This is my daughter's dog that happens to be living here temporarily. I just want to stress that this is temporary. This is not my full-time dog i might have given that impression in the past and that is just not true it is not my dog and uh, if my daughter happens to be listening to this i'm sorry so my sister years you know back in the early 2000s adopted a dog it's a chihuahua corgi mix named pepe and my parents were like oh we're not going to have any more pets after you know the pets that we have pass and then they met pepe And they started taking Pepe every chance they could until finally my sister was like, you know what? Fine. Just here. He's a gift to you now because you keep stealing him. I don't want to steal him. I just want to make sure that he is taken care of properly. That's all. That's all. Oh, that's exactly what my parents said. You don't have to lie to us. We know you want to steal the dog. (laughs) I, I don't. Not this one. Really, I'm not ready to have a dog full time, but I will say that this was an excellent first step into me possibly having a dog in the future after I lost my last one. So, yeah, I can't recommend adopting an older dog enough. Both of my dogs are cats. So later on tonight, I'm going to grab one of them, pick him up, throw him over my shoulder. He's going to lick me all the way to the bed. (laughs) Do you play fetch with your cats slash dogs? I really do. (laughs) What do they fetch? Let's see. There's a paper ball. They have some little rubber bouncy ball type things and random pieces of string that 
they like to have me ball up and throw, and it kind of explodes as it flies through the air. That sounds like Pike. My dog does not know how to play fetch, but my cat does. Maybe the cat will teach the dog eventually. We'll see. Okay. Well, in that light, if you have a puppy or a dog gracing your life or a cat that's playing the part of a dog, please let us know and all the ways that you can get a hold of us, which I will tell you in a second, but we are dog friendly on this podcast. Meantime, let's get on with the rest of the show. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes. Because now we finally know what an angel baby smells like. You'd like to talk to us about surfer hunks from space that might or might not smell like lavender. You can catch us on our website, legendsofshield.com. You can leave us a voicemail about any weird lavender smelling aliens you might have encountered in your life at 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You want to talk to us about long-haired aliens from space that smell really nice, you can leave us a message on our Facebook page at Legends of Shields Podcast. If you want to send us a gif of Phil Coulson sniffing Thor, you can send it to us at Twitter at Legends of Shield. You want to send us a message about your thoughts about Nick Fury trying to smell Thor the lavender-smelling Thor decomposing on the bed in the morgue, you can send us a note on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash geek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. If you want to mention on our Discord server, which you can find at geek.com slash Discord, about how SP may or may not have botched this whole lavender thing, you can find us there. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnaGeek.com network. Guys, I don't know about you, but I was excited all week for this episode to come up. And it was a pleasant surprise to me because going from our last episode, I thought it was going to be all about Loki. And I was scratching my head. You know, Tom Hiddleston is great, but we just had this whole series about Loki. Why are we getting this one? I think it paid off. I think this was a good episode. So are you guys ready to talk about it? Very. Let's do it. I'm all over this one. Let's do it. What if the world lost its mightiest heroes, which is season one, episode three of the What If series premiered on Disney Plus Wednesday, August 25th, 2021. It was labeled on IMDb as what if somebody killed the future Avengers before Nick Fury could recruit them? It was directed by Brian Andrews, who directed the entire series, and I think he's doing a good job there. The head writer and showrunner, I have to announce a correction. I don't know if either of you two caught it yet or not, but AC Bradley, in previous episodes, I referred to her as him. So first of all, my sincere apologies on getting that wrong, and second of all, I think you're doing a smash-up job, so AC Really thankful that you're doing this. She has five writing credits starting in 2005, including one episode of Arrow. Should have remembered her from there. And 28 episodes of Troll Hunters, Tales of Arcadia, and 38 episodes of Three Below, Tales of Arcadia, and nine episodes of What If. Lauren, I don't think you had a chance to chime in on Troll Hunters or Three Below last episode. How did you like those series? I haven't seen them. I've been meaning to watch them, but the first season of Troll Hunters came out like right after i'm blanking on his name he played Chekhov in new trek 
uh, Anton Yelchin. It came out right after Anton Yelchin died, and it was kind of the same reason that I still haven't rewatched Black Panther yet. It's just like, oh, this is just sad, and I'm going to cry. But it has a fantastic voice cast. The animation that I've seen looks amazing. It's on my watch list. It's just that my watch list is like, I don't know, 200-some items long right now, and that's just on Netflix. Yeah, between what I've had to watch for this podcast, which honestly isn't all that much, and then everything else going on in my life, while I'm on the elliptical or the treadmill, I've been trying to get through For All Mankind for a, a couple of months now. And it's only 20 episodes, season one and season two. It was done by the creator of Battlestar Galactica, Ronald D. Moore, by the way. So if you have something for Ronald D. Moore or something against Ronald D. Moore, that's just a qualifier there. It is classic Ronald D. Moore stuff. So I've been trying to watch that and it's taken me forever to get through it. And it's not like I don't have screen time. I have screen time, but I have so much else going on. So I understand that. But as we discussed previously, Chris, you've watched it. You liked it. You have single-handedly made me want to watch it, but it's on my watch list and I'm watching other things right now. Well, my wife is on her, I think, fifth watch it, watch through of it right now. Wow. She likes to watch the series while she's sewing and stuff because she can look up and she doesn't have to watch her fingers all the time. But if she does have to look down, it's okay if she misses something because she's already been through the entire series at least four times already. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, that's me with like documentaries and horror movies when I'm knitting or crocheting. Like, oh, I've seen this a lot. So again, my sincere apologies to AC. I'm sorry that I didn't double check that before we went live. So it was also co-written. This episode was co-written by Matthew Chauncey. So we start off with the voiceover by Jeffrey Wright as the watcher. Chris, you mentioned before that you were hoping for a different voiceover in each episode. And you thought that the first few lines were just part of the intro. I think that is true now. However, in this episode, we did right after that, then get some specific watcher voiceover. Were you happy with that? Even if we hadn't have been going back and watching this, I kind of realized, oh yeah, you have the general Marvel opening and you wouldn't really have any opening. You'd just be jumping right in if it was different watcher stuff all the time. But the fact that we did get some little different stuff, sweet. Yeah, so he is playing the Watcher. Nick Fury is reprising his role as Samuel L. Jackson. I say reprising because he played Nick Fury both in the live action stuff, still is playing Nick Fury in the live action stuff, as well as he's also done a previous episode. We did get a new voice actor for this episode. His name is Michael Douglas. You might remember him from such works as The China Syndrome, Romancing the Stone, a little film called Fatal Attraction, Wall Street, another little film. Basic Instinct, the American president. Yeah, that's where I remember Michael Douglas from, right, Lauren? Yes, actually. I just rewatched that, I want to say recently, but within the past year counts as recently, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's in so much stuff and he's really good. I gotta say, I did have some nitpicks with his voice acting here. But you can also chalk that up to the character being completely different this time around. So we'll get there. Can I talk about the next one? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So voicing Natasha Romanoff slash Black Widow is Lake Bell, who she's an actress. She's a voice actress. She voiced Vanessa Fisk in Into the Spider-Verse. She's 
Poison Ivy in the Harley Quinn series, which is hilarious. It's on HBO right now. She's in like No Strings Attached. It's Complicated Secret Life of Pets 2. And there was a movie she did. Oh, God, it's got to be like 10 years ago now called In a World. And even before I was like, oh, I want to do voice acting because I didn't really think that was a thing for me. And the movie is about a woman who tries to break into the movie trailer industry, which is notoriously pretty much only narrated by men, specifically that one type of in a world voice. It's a good movie. And I always feel happy when I see Lake Bell. She's, I just really like her. So I got to admit, I've been thinking about trying to do a new trailer, a new commercial for Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. for a while. I think I've found where I want to start with, and that will be Lauren voicing in a world. (laughs) So we also have Mick Wingert as Tony Stark slash Iron Man, who's been in a bunch of like Kung Fu Panda series, Kung Fu Panda 3, Voltron, but has been voicing Tony Stark in just so much Marvel stuff, like the cartoons especially, and some of the video games since, what, like the, basically since right after the first Iron Man movie came out and they started doing stuff. Yeah, he hasn't been voicing Tony recently because they're like, okay, let's try to do some other stuff. Like, they've had John Hamm, they've had Nolan North. But he's the one that just sounds like Robert Downey Jr. And I highly recommend catching him as Tony Stark in Earth's Mightiest Heroes, which was, it only lasted like, I think, two, three seasons, but it's so good. It's still my favorite Avengers show, even though Avengers Assemble is pretty good. I threw that credit specifically in the show notes because of the title of this What If episode, What If Earth Lost Its Mightiest Heroes, and this is Earth's Mightiest Heroes, right? So I was like, okay. I usually don't throw, if for the listeners, I'm trying not to throw any Marvel-related things in here. I'm trying to throw other works that they're doing. Mike, or Mick in this case, has done Kung Fu, Panda, has done Voltron, the Legendary Defender, Attack on Titan, that sort of stuff. But yeah, I threw the Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes just because of the name of this episode. So Chris, there was another actor involved here. Clark Gregg, I don't know if you've watched any of these movies, Clear and Present, Danger, The Usual Suspects, AI, Artificial Intelligence, We Are Soldiers, or We Were Soldiers, Spartan, the West Wing TV series, I don't know if you caught that little thing, and The New Adventures of Old Christine. That's where I know Clark Gregg from. Isn't that where you know Clark Gregg from? You have a gift for picking things that I have not seen as examples. (laughs) Okay, so we were talking about horror movies before we went live. Did you ever see What Lies Beneath? It's Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer. It was from like a really long time. Early 2000s, late 90s. Clark Gregg actually wrote it. Really? Yeah. Hey, he's starting to get in the production side of things. He's a minor producer slash writer in, in various things. Yeah, he also adapted Chuck Palahniuk's story, Choke. We talked about that forever ago three or four years ago yeah so of course he played agent phil colson both in the mcu and agents of shield so we're big fans of clark Gregg. you've seen him in agents of shield though right oh yeah i've definitely seen him there so there you go also the next actor frank grillo 
He's in a few films like Minority Report, Blind Justice, which is a TV series, Prison Break, little just a little series, Zero Dark Thirty, which we won't get into that right now, and Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. That is where I know Frank from. I still need to see that one. I which really one? liked the first one. Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, of course, he played Brock Rumlow. Although, I got to say, you know, you guys last episode were saying you had problems with some of the voiceover of the existing actors playing their characters. And you're like, that just didn't sound like, like uh, Sebastian Stan for one. I don't think Frank really came across great with his voiceover, but maybe it was just me. It could have been better, but it was very broad, which, you know, that's okay. We have more returning cast. Yeah, we talked about Jeremy Renner before in the first episode. He did reprise his role as Hawkeye. He has been in other things like 28 Weeks Later, which I mentioned when we were talking about this before. I mentioned he wasn't in the original 28 Weeks. He's in 28 Weeks Later. Well, the original one wasn't 28 Weeks. It was 28 Days Later. It wasn't 28 yep. Weeks. So that's another correction here. And of course, the Hurt Locker. And then there is a new voiceover actor to what if stephanie panicello i believe is how you say her name she was mm-hmm. in altered carbon resleeved and resident evil infinite darkness tv series now i would just want to mention that all these voice actors that we're talking about actually have tons of credits sometimes i'm able to pick out stuff that i'm familiar with and i think our listeners are familiar with sometimes it's not so much so in Jeremy's case and in Stephanie's case, there's only a couple of credits in there, but they actually have a longer list of stuff. In a lot of cases, it's video games. And I just have not been going over the video games of the actors in these because if I did that, in some cases, it would take all week to get through that. Uh, Yeah, this one, I liked her performance. She didn't sound a thing like Liv Tyler, but it was a good performance. Yeah, I've heard that Liv Tyler was approached to return, but I haven't heard confirmation of that. So I don't know if we'll see her or not. The next voice actor is new to What If, but not new to us. His name is Mark Ruffalo. I've seen him in Wind Talkers. About the favorite thing that I've seen him in, to be honest with you, is 13 Going on 30. He's also in Rumor Has It, Date Night, Now You Can See Me, and Now You Can See Me Too. They should have called Now You See Me Too, Now You Don't. I maintain this. He was also fantastic in Shutter Island and Zodiac. I was pleasantly surprised with Now You See Me, by the way. I have seen the second one, too, now that I think about it. But, of course, Mark played Bruce Banner, and he reprised his role. And, Chris, I, I know that you've seen this individual before. His name is Tom Hiddleston. That's true. I have seen Tom Hiddleston before. Not quite in real life. Yeah. Uh, have you seen him in such works like War Horse, Midnight in Paris, or The Deep Blue Sea? Or Crimson Peak. I'm going to say yes, but we all know that's a lie. <laughs> <laughs> I can't recommend him in Crimson Peak enough. It's a really good movie, and it's Guillermo del Toro. Okay, yeah, I'm sold right there. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's one of my favorite movies. It's just, it's good. Michael Patrick McGill played General Ross in this particular one. I was, I was slightly disappointed that they didn't have the same actor from the MCU, but okay. Michael was in Dark Skies and a bunch of other stuff. And the second to last actor that I'm going to talk about here is Jamie Alexander, who we all just saw in Loki when that series was on. 
she is from Blind Spot TV series, but we all know her as Lady Sif. And I'm glad to see her reprising her role in the MCU here. And the last one we're going to talk about is Alexandra Daniels. She played very briefly in this one, Carol Danvers slash Captain Marvel. And she was also in Mothers and Daughters. She is a relatively new talent, so it'll be exciting to hear more of her in the future. So overall, Lauren, you're the voiceover actor here. We talked a little bit about it when we were going over the individual actors. Were you happier with the voiceovers for this episode? I was. Really, the only thing that bugged me was every time Betty Ross opened her mouth, it's like, this is very clearly not a voice match for Liv Tyler. But again, that's fine, as long as it's a good performance, which it was. Chris, did you and your wife enjoy the voice talent? We did on this one. Um, we definitely didn't have our Sebastian Stan moment, which is always a plus. I mean, everybody in here, they did a good job. It's been so long since we've seen Betty Ross that I wasn't even really trying to hear Liv Tyler with it. So I'm fine with that. Everybody was all right. I did enjoy the fact that Mark Ruffalo got to act in the setting of Culver University because he was not, of course, in the Hulk movie, which is not technically Disney still. Everyone I talk to of trying to do an MCU rewatch, they all go to Disney Plus and they all try to watch it. Well, the 2008 Hulk movie, The Incredible Hulk, I believe that's what it's titled, is actually a universal property and it is not allowed to be on Disney Plus. So a lot of people skip over that, which generally speaking is okay. But Edward Norton played the Hulk and Bruce Banner in that one. So this was Mark's chance to enter into the scene kind of back. I know it's a what if, but back into the fact that he was in that first movie. (laughs) This is what we call a retcon. Pretty much. And there's a lot of reasons why, but we'll just go with it for this one. I think this one was different than the previous two because the previous two were basically taking the movie that we knew, Iron Man and Guardians of the Galaxy, and then taking a different spin on it. This was three different stories, three different movies, and taking a different spin on. So I kind of enjoyed the fact that you had so much going on because before Avengers, right, there was all this going on in, in this what if episode, they're saying it all happened within a week. I don't remember when we were doing the MCU talking about it all happening in a week, but I could see everything happening in a week. So there was a comic that came out, I want to say right after Avengers called Avengers Prelude Fury's Big Week. And it actually sets the timeline for all these movies. So the second it started doing like Monday, blah, 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 I'm like, this is Nick Fury's big week. It's exactly the format of the comic. I love it. Except um, things just go horribly wrong in this version. Oh, yeah. So the what if isn't, I don't think, any of these individual stories. The what if in this instance is the fact that Hope Van Dyne became an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., right, Chris? Somehow, I don't know why I didn't even think about that. Yeah, so the change was something that made Hank Pym go nuts, right? And the something that made Hank Pym go nuts is the fact that Hope Van Dyne is dead and dead because of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? So the what if would be Hope becoming an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., I would think. Yeah, it, it's a bit of a walking spoiler, though. But yeah, the whole thing is like if if she chose to follow in her parents' footsteps and work with S.H.I.E.L.D. instead of staying away from them then yeah, things could have gone really wrong and Hank Pym was already 
not in the best place after Janet's disappearance. So you take that away from him and this character who, in the comics at least, has a history of being emotionally unstable, makes it everyone else's problem. So, Chris, let me ask you this. As you're going through these three, we'll call them anthologies or stories or whatever, as we're going through this, did you piece together that it was Hank Pym? I didn't. I was going in there just thinking, okay, somebody is sabotaging stuff. Honestly, I thought it was Loki messing with everybody, trying to sneak into a scene and just using his trickster magic to make things go wrong. It definitely appears that way, especially after he takes over the world within one day. Mm Mm-hmm. But as soon as Black Widow got this syringe or the, I don't even know what it's to call syringe. it, the syringe to Betty, and they took a look at it in the microscope, I was like, what are we looking at there? That doesn't look like a normal needle tip there. Yeah, it was kind of broken off a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like basically a, a sealed gun going off that blew up the end of the barrel or something like that. And I still, at that point, did not piece together that it would have been pim particles involved there. So it took me until we were in front of Hope Van Dyne. And I want to mention this as well. This podcast was started to go after, to go after, to review, to discuss the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. television show. In that light, there was a character on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. who ended up being the director of S.H.I.E.L.D. at the end. Mac McKenzie, right? His daughter passed away previous to him being involved on the show. Her name was Hope. And when Black Widow says, Hope, it's all about Hope, in my mind, that's what I went to, was Mac's daughter Hope, not Hope Van Dyne. So I was completely squirreled away from Hank Pym until I actually saw him in front of the grave. I got it when she said, it's about Hope. I actually thought she said it's all about Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had the closed captioning on. Yeah, I also watch with captions on. So I wasn't squirreled away. But if I didn't have the closed captions on, I probably would have thought the same thing. Anyway, so I didn't get it. And it was because I knew Hope was about a person. But I went to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Hope. And I should have known better. I should have known that Kevin Feige wouldn't have done anything that deep in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, that's some kind of obscure agents of shield stuff right there so chris lauren and i in the um in the previous segment of the show we went all over the good smelling lavender thor how did you like thor in this brief moment that we got to see him i really enjoyed seeing him you get to see him come in nobody knows what's going on with him and nobody knows who he is i get to watch my cat thor just start staring at the TV because suddenly everybody's talking to him and he can't figure out why. And that's always hilarious. But mostly just you see Thor come in. Oh, look, it's me and my long flowing hair that I can't even pretend to do with my very shortcut hair right now. <laughs> I know. I me was too. dying at that. Everyone's like, oh, my God, he's so attractive. That's not a dis- useful description. And his hair oh, is, yeah, it's, it is. It's gorgeous. It's, it's pretty accurate. Yeah. <laughs> And then it, <laughs> Hawkeye's like, yeah, it, what Coulson said was true. Yeah. It, I love that, that the one constant through any universe is everyone's thirsty for Thor. <laughs> he was a hunk back then. Of course, if you see him now, he's not as beefed up. He's not really in person sort of thing, but 
Man, he was good in that first movie. Okay, my one complaint about the first movie, and I think I've talked about this before, is I wasn't a huge fan of that wig. I like the ones they've been using in more recent years. Whoa, 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 wait, hold up. Hold, that was a wig? I thought that was his hair. Are, are you being facetious? No, I'm trying. I thought that was his hair. It was no, a wig. No, it's, it's a <sighs> wig and extensions. And Man. it might have actually been his hair for the first movie, but I think it was a wig. Right. Um, but yeah, they, they get better with it, but they also like dye his eyebrows blonde, which just, it, he has this like weird look to him. Like he has just like pure black eyes in the first movie. And again, he's very attractive, but he ages very well into the role. Like just as he gets more comfortable as the costuming and makeup people like kind of get into the groove. So Yeah. I think it's a glow up and his hair definitely was not as luscious in the original Thor movie. <sighs> okay. But again, a retcon for the better. I don't think this is a retcon for the better with Loki taking over the planet within a day. Well, that isn't, but the hair is, is okay. what I'm saying. Thor's hair. Yeah. Smelling like lavender. And even Nick Fury. <laughs> it's like, really? And then he doesn't say anything. It's just like, okay, I've had enough of this. Black Widow, Natasha, she calls Phil and he asks for his password so she could get in the <laughs> database and find out who's doing everything, right? And eventually, Coulson, because they are both Clinton Barton fans, friends, whatever, he finally gives the password over. Hashtag Steve, 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 I heart Steve 0704. Which for anyone wondering, Captain America's birthday, yes, is on July 4th. Right. Chris, you'll be using this password from now on, right? I definitely have a few things at work that say you can't use your previous five passwords. This is going to be used. And I'm dead serious. <laughs> uh, any Marvel fan, I will be checking. If I have to try to hack into their account, I will be trying this password. War Machine rocks with two X's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Password jokes amuse me. And again, I love Coulson being the eternal Steve Rogers fanboy. So the two things at the end of this episode that I would like to get to is Hank Pym says, honor her. Make sure you honor her. I don't know exactly what that means, but to me, since that was not followed through, this is an excellent, excellent candidate for like a season two reprise. So what I figured is... Okay, if you're going to be doing all this stuff, despite me trying to stop you, then at least honor Hope's memory and do right by her, essentially. Like, if it's something she would have been ashamed of, don't do it. That sort of thing. Yeah, don't let her memory, her sacrifice, any of that go to waste. That's what I took it as. That was pretty much how I took it, too. But also... With the new people coming in right at the end, we already know that there's at least one episode in season two that's a continuation of an episode from season one. So, I mean, so far, this is my prime candidate for the episode that's going to have a continuation. Yeah, I think they're both going to have a continuation, both the first episode and this episode, I think. And then also the end, the very end of this, where you have Nick Fury going into the frozen aircraft, which I'm not... I guess this would be 
not the Captain Carter universe because that ended completely differently. So it would be Steve Rogers there. So he's going after Steve Rogers in the airplane and then Captain Marvel's behind him. And it's this double entendre for him. He says, welcome back, Captain, as he's looking at the shield with Steve Rogers and knows that Captain Marvel's behind him. I thought that was a great way to end with a little Nick Fury double entendre. So two things. One, how long did it take you to realize that that wasn't actually Nick Fury in the graveyard? I thought from the beginning, because he goes and he makes a deal with Loki because you now know that he's figured it out and that he is planning something to give Loki his pound of flesh and also take care of the problem at the same time. So I just assumed that it wasn't Nick Fury from the get go. When he said Anthony Stark, that's when I was like, oh, it's Loki. We definitely caught that. We were thinking that Nick was there and Loki was just kind of using his magic to make things go a little bit crazy. We definitely thought the Anthony Stark was weird because I have never heard Anthony from anybody good that I can think of right now. But it was about at the point where you had 50 Nick Furies where we said, yeah, there's probably (laughs) not an actual Nick Fury here right now. I think if you hadn't caught on to the fact, the fact that Nick Fury jumped over the top of Hank Pym and then Hank was like, whoa, you're pretty spry for a guy that's been in the office. I think you would know at that point that something's up. And the other thing I wanted to bring up. So while I was eating dinner, my spouse and I, my spouse is like, you know, all the way behind on the series so we were watching the black panther episode from last week and this episode and scott brought up do you think this is what happened that led to the avengers stuff being in the collector's case oh maybe Mm. because that was another thing that wasn't followed through either i don't think we touched upon it last episode i thought i had a theory and i did not (laughs) yeah so that could be something to follow up on, like what happened to the Avengers to throw their stuff in there. Yeah. Chris, overall impressions, what do you think? So far, I think this is my favorite episode of everything. The Captain Carter episode, I mean, it was what it is. It was fine. T'Challa episode, just was like, okay, you know, let's grab a new character and go. But this one was just, to me at least, all around. This is the craziness that I wanted from What If, with everything just going insane. There's a lot more to choose from, too. So we could get spurs off of different places. We haven't even seen Doctor Strange yet. That'll be fun, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's always fun anyway. Yeah, we got a news story about that later, too. So, Yep, lots of good stuff. Lauren, any last thoughts here? I think... That last week's episode, the what if T'Challa was Star-Lord, is still my favorite of the series so far. But this one was a lot of fun. Again, I really like Lake Bell. And I loved seeing the spotlight on Fury and Coulson. Because I just love them. And it's like, oh, right, I miss having Clark Gregg on my TV every week. And I know this isn't going to be every week, but it's, it's it's nice to visit old friends. I've just been having a ton of fun watching this. I just went in with no expectations whatsoever. Just entertain me. I know it's not going to matter and just have fun with it. And so far it has not disappointed for me. We'll see what's on next week. 
know, Chris, you seem to be the man with your finger on the pulse of what's coming up next. You did tell us Loki was coming this week. Did you scour the interwebs and find out what's coming our way next week? I have not had a chance to look during the day. All right. So we're just going to be completely surprised next week unless, Lauren, you have any inkling. I do not. Yeah, I have deliberately tried not to be spoiled, but if I run into it, great. I haven't run into anything yet, so we'll see what happens next week. We'll be covering Season 1, Episode 4 of What If. In the meantime, we have a lot of news to get to. Are you two ready for it? Very. Oh, yeah. First news story that we'll cover within the MCU is about Deadpool 3. Lauren, did you take a look at this? I did. So according to Kevin Feige on comicbook.com's Phase Zero podcast, Deadpool 3 is on Marvel's super secret slate. He said, so he was asked if Marvel has an internal release window. And he said, we do. And the script is in the works. And Ryan Reynolds is working very hard on it with our writers as we speak. So I'm excited. So they have a target date. They're not willing to talk about when that target date is. And since they're just in the writing phase, they're, I would think they're at least a year out, if not a year and a half out from actually producing this and releasing that, especially within COVID timeframes. Right. So, but I am looking forward to this. If they could do it, if they could drop it Valentine's day weekend, 2023, that would be pretty fun. We do know that Deadpool is a holiday movie. My wife and I legitimately went and saw this movie for Valentine's Day before. Yeah, so did me and my spouse. So the problem there is Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania. Is scheduled for February 17th, 2023. So that would be that time frame in 2023. So we'll just see. Make it a Christmas movie. Ooh, that would. Yeah, I'm, I'm for that. Santa Deadpool. Yeah, Deadpool as a Christmas movie. Oh, yes. Uh, how amazing would that be? I would love that. Just get, um, what's his name? The, the guy that directed Iron Man 3, Shane Black. Since he does, like, just a lot of action movies set at Christmas, just have him. Just bring him back. It'll be fine. Sure. And so far, we don't have a dedicated Marvel Christmas movie. I mean, there's been movies out in the holidays, but... Yeah, Iron Man 3 is really the closest. Yeah, but it's not, I won't consider that a Christmas movie. It's not like Die Hard. Like, Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Okay. So we do have some late-breaking news on Black Panther. So according to Variety.com, Letitia Wright, who plays Shuri, sustained minor injuries today while filming a stunt for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. She's currently receiving care in a local hospital and is expected to be released soon, a spokesperson for Marvel said. So that sucks. It, you never want to hear about people getting hurt. No, but as we go forward with these actors that become action heroes themselves, I think we're going to get more and more of this. I know it happens all the time on like TV series. Like if you go into the CW Arrowverse, there's a lot of stunt work that is done with stunt people but with the actual actors as well in lieu of time because they have eight days per episode right and i think you're going to get that within big budget films now as you go forward 
And I know there has been a lot of concern about stunts on set. There was that fatality a couple years ago, Lauren, that we covered here. Yeah. So we're just going to have to keep our eyes on how the industry maintains the safety of both the stunt personnel and the actors. There was a tie-in because the MCU is supposed to be tied into these What If series. And there was a tie-in that was released today. So Marvel's What If Season 2 has been confirmed to include Phase 4 movies. In a Screen Rant exclusive interview from the Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings press junket, Kevin Feige talked Season 2 of What If and was asked how Phase 4 and the exploration of the multiverse will tie in. So he said, That's the fun thing about having the What If series now. We can explore questions just like that. And I will say, as season one is tapping into films and storylines from the MCU you've seen up to this point, season two will definitely incorporate movies from phase four. Yes, more things. Yes. So it's not a news story, but the the Shang-Chi press thing just reminded me. First of all, look up pictures from the red carpet. Everybody is so happy. And so Simu Liu, who plays Shang-Chi, was recently on an episode of Dish Granted, which is a YouTube show on the channel Watcher, which if you're familiar with BuzzFeed Unsolved, two of the guys, the two guys that did BuzzFeed Unsolved started their own channel. And as the season finale, their coworker and friend, Stephen Lim, decided I'm going to make something for Simu Lu because they're very good friends. Apparently they were almost roommates, but then he got offered Shang-Chi. And so he makes him a hundred and I think $63 boba, like boba tea. And it looked so good and it made me want boba. And yeah, the whole thing of Dish Granted is, okay, you're going to give me a food and I'm going to make it just like super expensive and interesting. Like in one of the first episodes, they were like mac and cheese. And they're like, well, this guy also likes pie. So I'm going to make a mac and cheese pie. And it's a fun show. It's it's a fun show if you like cooking, if you like humor. Anyway, I highly recommend it. Simu Lu and Steven hanging out and dunking on each other is very fun. Alrighty. So there was some updates in the whole Disney versus Scarlett Johansson or Scarlett Johansson v. Disney this past week. And uh, I think it's setting the stage for how this is all going to play out. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson slams misogynistic Disney response as the House of Mouse tries to move Black Widow's suit behind closed doors. So we've talked about this. Apparently, I guess this past week, Elizabeth Olsen was asked about it and said that she stands behind Charlotte. Disney insists that Marvel's contract with Johansson provides for arbitration exactly in the event of a dispute like this one. So that would preclude this actually being a lawsuit and going to court and having a trial. I'm not a fan of that in any industry, like internal arbitration, even in colleges and schools, internal arbitration is code for we're going to sweep this under the rug and never address the root problem at all, which the root problem here, as mentioned last week, is that Disney needs to honor their freaking contracts and pay people. You see this in the books that, you know, we talked the Star Wars old expanded universe. The authors aren't getting paid residuals. You see this for these actors who it's like, okay, here's the assumption of the contract. 
okay, now they're violating the contract by changing it in this regard. Contracts, I know, you know, it's for a lot of money and stuff, but contracts need to be honored. And I think that's the point of Scarlett Johansson and the entire industry. I think they thought that this would have the best chance of success. But if there is an arbitration clause in the contract, legally, I think they have to abide by it. Yeah, legally, I think they do. But I like them at least, you know, stating we're going to sue because that brings attention to the issue. Yeah. And I think that the issue as I mentioned previously, will result in different contracts clauses being tried as they look into streaming versus box office release. I have no idea what the end result is going to be. I have no, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a contract negotiator. I'm not an accountant within Hollywood. I don't know exactly how all this works. What I do know is that there are people that do, and those people represent people like Robert Downey Jr. and Scarlett Johansson, and then they will make the contracts that is best fitting for their clientele over the next few years, and then they'll find something that works. Yeah, Hollywood is notoriously slow to adapt to any new distribution method. You saw this, again, the issue was residuals with streaming and everything, and it's only when something drastic like this happens that makes people be like okay well i guess we're going to have to actually address this instead of doing it the way we've always done yeah because the studio is just going to give out the standard contract from here on in you're going to need representation of a big name in order to start changing some of these clauses that's my opinion chris any thoughts i mean i'm definitely not a lawyer either but i do know enough to know that just because it's in the contract doesn't make it 100 percent all the time legally binding So there could be a way where this arbitration, then they say, nope, you're going to have to go through regular court. But you're also fighting Disney, who has tons of money and probably some really good lawyers. So yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, I don't want to ever cross Disney and their lawyers. If they ever do knock on our door at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., I will most likely just capitulate and say, yep, I'm wrong. You're right. And how can I make this better without you taking my house? Please send me an official letter so I can show people the letter. Yeah. So I received a letter from the Disney legal department. Right here. Right here. Right here. Okay. I got sued by Marvel and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. <laughs> Probably a lousy letter here. <sighs> okay. The next news story that we're going to talk about was pretty big in the circles of Marvel, even though it's not technically Marvel. It's technically Sony. Yes. We're talking about Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. Lauren, what'd you think? I really liked it. People have been clamoring for this trailer for a while, like, oh my God, the movie's going to be out soon. Why haven't we gotten a trailer? So somebody leaked a version that didn't have the like special effects finished. I didn't watch that version. So Marvel basically was like, you know what? Fine, we'll, we'll release it. And it looks fun. The big thing that I'm like, oh, okay. So, yeah, we get the uh, the big cameo at the end of the trailer, which, you know, we all expected. We've done news stories on it. But the assumption, and I think we've talked about it here on the show, has kind of been that Doctor Strange is going to be like, oh, these people are wrecking the multiverse, blah, blah, blah. He just dives in there ready and willing to just cast spells. And yeah, Stephen Strange, you're not helping the situation. 
So the big thing I noticed from people seeing online is why is Stephen Strange wearing a jacket and a hoodie? <laughs> it must be a lot colder than he's used to. Oh, it's Mephisto. And at some point, I think everybody just just trying to fit <laughs> Mephisto into everything. Pretty much. But it kind of makes sense. I really like the look, though, of like the hoodie and then the cape. So he was wearing a hoodie. You know, at the beginning of the Doctor Strange movie, he was wearing a hoodie for a while. Yeah. This one's this one's a bit of an upgrade to that one, though. And he wasn't wearing a cape on top of it. The cape makes all the difference. Yeah, he didn't have a cape trying to attach itself to him either at the time. Honestly, I just think everybody's trying to find Mephisto since they didn't find it in Scarlet Witch. And I'm surprised I haven't heard this whole, oh, it's a scroll. That fits everywhere, though. Yeah, we are going to have Secret Invasion at some point. We'll see. I enjoyed the trailer. Look forward to seeing the movie at some point. We'll see. but. I did have an issue. So all the news stories say Marvel's releasing this. Marvel's releasing this. And I know Kevin Feige produced it with a deal with Sony, but this is still technically a Sony property, right? It's still technically Sony. But I think because it's still in the MCU, people are like, ah, Marvel's releasing. It's like, it's a joint effort, but okay. Yeah, I would say it's Sony's lead, but maybe it's the deal that they made. I haven't looked. Maybe it's Sony made and Marvel gets to do the distribution stuff. Oh, yeah, it might be. Yeah, In lieu of payment to Kevin Feige, because I don't think Kevin Feige took any money. I don't know. I haven't seen the contract, but that's what I've heard. So moving on back into the Disney Plus series, there was a news story from Marvel.com themselves. So I don't really know if it's a news story. It was a blog posting or whatever about Jeffrey Wright and talking about what if and playing the Watcher. Did you guys read this? I did. Yep. Okay, so he's talking about playing the Watcher. He says the character's interesting. He's he gets into like when the Watcher is introduced, which was the cover of 1963's Fantastic Four as the most dramatic being in all the universe. If you get asked as an actor to play something like that, you kind of take interest. It's all about the drama. So that was fun. It's fun when people are excited about the stuff they're doing, and I was also Again, voice actor. Interested in him being like, yeah, because of COVID, I recorded this almost all from my closet, which that's where I'm recording right now. It's a uh, it's a time-honored trick. Go into a closet, stuff it full of blankets and clothes that can absorb some of the sound, and uh, go wild. And he mentioned like, okay, and then I could start traveling again. I tried doing it from my hotel. The closet still had the better sound absorption. He just, he seems like he's having fun with it. It seems like he's excited. And I'm just, I like when people are happy. So it gave me warm, fuzzy feelings. Do you know what's going to be the best, though, is when they have Tom Holland having to teach him how to use the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed this article from the perspective that he was really enjoying being the watcher. I also enjoyed the talk about his recording stuff. I didn't include that in the show note blurb that we have here, but I did enjoy that as well because he was talking all about the issues that we all know as podcasters for years. If there's one thing that COVID has come through with, it's that uh, the struggle that podcasters have for good audio is real and we don't have the hundreds of thousands of dollars to throw into a recording studio that radio stations or recording studios might have for bands or something like that. So we've been trying to make do for quite some time and it's good 
in this era where you're seeing more voice actor work that they are also having those issues as well and being able to fix them just like we do. Mm-hmm. Moving on, Kevin Feige is also noted as giving an update on Loki season two. So Collider spoke with Kevin Feige again, press day for Shang-Chi and asked about, you know, what's up with Loki. He said, it is underway. We're developing it as we speak. The hope is that much of the same team will return. Kate is going on to bigger and better things. So the director search will begin shortly. When asked when it starts filming, he promised he's not being evasive, but not sure exactly where it falls between next year and the year after. So production could begin as soon as 2020, might be 2023, who knows? And yeah, the article covers again, Loki was not originally planned as an ongoing series, but during production, they were like, you know what? Let's do this. Let's do another season. So they had to do some tweaks to the final episode. Now, I've heard two things here. I've heard that it was affected by COVID and they decided to cut it where they did. And I've heard that it wasn't planned for two seasons. They took it as far as it was going to go and they ended it there. So in that perspective, Chris, have you heard either way here for Loki, whether they were planning on it being longer, the season one planning on being it longer originally, or if it was cut short or if it was perfect at the six episode length? I haven't heard either way, but I think it turned out pretty well at the six episodes that we got. Yeah. You know, we'll see what they can pull off for a season two, though. Yep. And also, Lauren, we have another Disney Plus announcement here, or news story here, that uh, I was not tracking. I mean, we talked about it before, but I was not tracking. Okay. Armor Wars, we've talked about, is going to have a series starring Don Cheadle, Rhodey, and it taps, the series has tapped Yasser Lester as head writer. That's really all we know. Yeah, it was interesting to get the production note. Yeah, I'm looking up his writing credits. Yeah, Yasser Lester has worked with James Rhodes before. So they're saying that the two have good chemistry. But aside from that, we we don't know a lot. We don't know who's going to produce it, who's going to direct it, who's also tapped to star in this or anything like that. But just the fact that it's moving forward is pretty neat. Yeah, he's he's also an actor. He's got a pretty good resume there. He's he's on an episode of Key and Peel, which is one of my favorite shows. And writing wise, he was the story editor and staff writer for ten episodes of Girls, which I wasn't a fan of that show, but I'd stopped watching in the first season, so maybe it got better. He wrote for Earth to Ned, which is, if I remember right, it's on Disney Plus. It's like a Muppet series i mean it's not like tied into the muppets but it's jim henson studios and black monday which is where he worked with don Cheadle. armor wars is something i don't know anything about going into it i'll admit that but i like seeing all these smaller things that disney's doing instead of just milking the same characters over and over marvel's got a really deep history of characters and i love that we're going to get to see a lot of them there was some comics last year that were interrupted by covid on mechanized warfare and the whole what's happening now that tony stark is gone with the technology and stuff like that so i think this is the screen version of all that but if you want to go back into the comics for last year and delve into that then that might answer some questions here if you're interested 
Yeah, for anyone who wants to go back to the original Armor Wars, it was in Iron Man issues 225 through 232 from December 87 to June 88. And Wikipedia has a pretty good summary. I'm pretty sure there there's a collected edition. There's always a collected edition. And there was also a what if tie-in with Armor Wars, which is what if Iron Man lost the Armor Wars in which Justin Hammer still manages to obtain Stark technology. Yeah, I need to. I haven't actually read the original comics, so I should. Sorry, the whole Iron Man thing has ruined Justin Hammer for me. I mean, he's just this putz, right? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just the whole thing where it was Rhodey and Tony Stark, and they were in the Garden of the World's Fair, right? <laughs> and he's like, no, I got this. And he spins up the, uh, the mother-in-law killer or whatever it was. The ex-wife. The ex-wife. And boop. And he goes, Harvard, uh, Hammer Tech? He's, yeah. And, and you see him physically. I mean, it's just hard the, to uh, act. Yeah, it's hard to act with it. You just see the, him physically just deflating. And like, yeah. I loved That was one of my favorite moments of that movie. All right. So that's it for the news this week. We're looking forward to a lot more news next week. In the meantime, we do have some feedback and we want to say thanks to our listeners. Okay, we have a little bit of feedback from Twitter. At Mr. Paracletes tweeted us and said, Hey, happy hashtag WandaVision Day or WandaVision Heart Day or the We Emotionally Rip Our Heart Out of Our Chest Day. What do we call it? Referencing, you know, back in the very first episode of WandaVision, there was the calendar and it had a heart on August 23rd. And it was August 23rd a couple of days ago. Yeah, so... I think COVID might have interrupted this reference a little bit because I think there was a real life. They wanted it to be like that day that it came out or something like that. And obviously it just didn't happen. However, there is a possible MCU link that our very own agent Michelle, who's not with us right now, but she'll be back in a couple of weeks. She came up with right, Lauren. Indeed. So 23rd for the 23 MCU films that had been released at that time starting in 2008 because August is the eighth month, which is pretty clever. If yeah, I didn't think of it. Michelle is very clever. Yep. That's the kind of deep dive that you get with comics though. And it's why I've become a big fan. It's why I love all the Marvel stuff, but yeah, that's not anything I would have picked up on myself at all. Yeah. Which is why I wanted to mention it again. We also have from at Adana girl. Going to bed tonight smelling like rotting Thor. Hashtag what if Marvel. Hashtag what if. Hashtag Coulson. With a picture of a lavender sleeping mask. Oh, yeah. I think lavender is going to be a favorite scent of many Marvel fans for a long time to come. I mean, it doesn't hurt that it's a good smell anyway. It is. It's, it's very calming. And for anybody who loves perfumes, candles, stuff like that. Be on the lookout for some of the smaller vendors who I'm pretty sure are going to have dead Thor as a scent in the upcoming weeks or months or whenever. Yeah. But even rotting, he smells so good. Right? Uh, I was going to say something, but it was probably very upsetting. It's such a fun episode. This is like the one thing that everybody's going to remember it for for years to come. Rotting Thor smells like lavender. 
these this show is just a lot of fun. Like I've said before, it's it's what I like about fanfic. And it's just the writers. You can tell we're having fun. The people voicing it. It just it, it makes me happy. It makes me very happy. And uh, yeah, I'm going to have to burn a lavender cal- uh, can- candle. I can speak. As long as you're not going to burn a lavender cat. <laughs> I think we're good. Oh, no, no, no. I'll have to see if I can swipe some McKaylee's lavender soap. I think I'm going to have to buy some. Yep. Yeah. Note to everybody, when, when lighting candles, you know, at bath side, be careful, especially if you have long hair. A wrestler that I like did a live stream from, you know, his jacuzzi answering questions and lit his hair on fire. <laughs> that is a outtake from a bachelor, a future bachelor episode that I want to see. Hair on fire to the <laughs> candles by the jacuzzi. Anyway, Lauren, what should we be doing now? We are going to take lavender baths on our way out without burning our hair. Yes, I, I don't have much hair left, so I'm not going to burn it <laughs> with candles. Sorry. I want to say thank you to all our listeners. Thank you very much for your feedback and coming into our Discord and talking to us. Agent Michelle is coming back in just a couple of weeks. She has not abandoned us, but she's going to be back. And Chris is going to be with us for the remainder of What If, because I promised that to him. And he's been having a blast so far. So we've been having a blast with him. Thank you very much, Chris, for being with us. Thank you for giving me a spot to come on here and not only talk about another wonderful Marvel series, but also not having to go back and edit the audio. (laughs) (sighs) I would like to thank SP for editing the audio. Yeah, I've been on an editing marathon for a job and I do not envy you. So, yes, thank you to SP for doing all the hard work and thank you to all of our listeners for coming to enjoy the hard work. And we love hearing from you. And Chris, in case people want to find you on your own podcast where you talk about comics and video games that are part that spur out of the comics, where would they find you? Uh, the best place for that is to go over to playcomics.com. It has links to all the social media stuff, so you can go there, click those, and you can have your pick between episodes where I grab a guest and we look at a video game based on a comic and see how well it represents that source material, or a bonus episode where I talk to a creator about their cool stuff. But also, I have to edit the audio over there. Yes, editing audio is the dearth of podcasting. But that's what I need to do now. So we're going to get on out of here. Until next time, I'm director of the show, SP. I'm Agent Lauren. And I'm consultant Chris. See everybody next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Bye. Nope. Can't throw the hair. (laughs) I shouldn't do that. My neck hurts. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of Shield, or Gunna Geek. Agents of Shield is the property of the Disney Corporation. 
Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. I'll be there in a second. I forgot the national day. I have put it in. Oh. It's National Dog Day today. Oh, good. That's a good day. It is. And I get to celebrate it this year. And SP, how's the puppy doing? Yes. Puppy's doing okay. I got the first tick off of him two days ago. fun. Oh, yeah. That was definitely fun. I hate ticks, by the way. Yes. I can imagine why. Well, just creepy and they're blood sucking mm-hmm. and you can't kill them so i mean there are ways to kill them but i yeah. ended up flushing it down and it had already started to blood suck a little bit so uh, but other than that he's doing fine i think i got all the tick out so you're just gonna have to go get a pet possum now so build-a-bear has possums now and i ordered one and it arrived today and i'm very happy yes but yes possums very good i don't think i told you guys ever this but my sister who's mentally handicapped 10 years younger than me but still an old woman now she loves build-a-bear so every year she gets one or two new build-a-bears she generally gets one around the holidays and then one for her birthday which is in the middle of the summer and then they just cycle out because they put a voice activated thing in her hand and it says, I love you. And she plays it over and over and over. So it mm-hmm. wears out. So we cycle. The, I mean, they were, they're love bears, but they get cycled out. So yeah, she were uh, build a bear frequent flyers. Yeah. I have the baby Yoda, the Porg, this little rainbow bear that my friend got me when I had back surgery back in like 2007. And now a possum. Oh my God. So I didn't tell you what happened. Speaking of recording. Okay. What happened? So, you know, last week I was just all over the state doing stuff. Yeah. Okay. So that Tuesday when we were coming back from Dallas, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm riding the high of like, oh my God, I'm recording like with a professional and this is a whole thing and it's i can't wait until they announce it well no i mean like that's paying me yeah okay okay. and i can't wait until they announce it because i'm so excited but anyway so we're coming back and you know i've turned in my audiobook that i had due and so i look at the notes that are starting to come in you know it's usually like okay like maybe three at most on a particularly bad chapter and and i started getting like eight to ten notes every chapter and i start panicking in the car i'm like am i this stupid like what happened it turns out the author sent me a previous draft Uh. and neither of us realized it until right then (laughs) so now but which is good because i remember when i was reading the book it's like edited by and i'm like "Mm, she needs new editors this isn't great and now it's like okay this explains it oh my god Okay. They're doing a Lion King prequel? Yep, I saw that. Hmm? So they're doing a Lion King prequel. They just cast Kelvin Harrison Jr. as Mufasa and Aaron Pierre playing Taka, which is Scar's name before he was evil. Actually going with that Disney animated series canon. And it's directed by... Barry Jenkins? 
Yeah, I, I saw the headline, but I didn't delve into it. Is it live action? Did you just say that? Probably. I'm still stuck on why. Right. Money. You know, I was just doing the voice actors for this one. I was noticing there was one where was it? It was a three. Was it Kung Fu Panda three? Right. I'm like, after the second one, it's like, why? So I think what they're trying to do instead of the Kung Fu Panda two, three, four, five, whatever what they're doing now is saying, Ooh, what we can do is we can go into the past. We could do prequels. That way it doesn't have the stigma of being a sequel or a, yeah, a sequel. Like it's still in the same universe. Anyway, Lauren, what should we be doing now? Um, I forgot. It's in the show notes. Oh my God. I've scrolled up. I'm very sorry. Okay. We are going to take lavender baths on our way out. We're out. Woo. Good show. Yay. So, bit of late breaking news that I just saw. Emily Van Camp announced that she has had a daughter. Oh, I think I saw somewhere that she was pregnant. She just recently, I want to say, was out with her husband or something like that. She just got married not too long ago. So, well, that's good. But yeah. She didn't name it Cosmo, did she? Iris. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is a Flash name. Or named after that one Goo Goo Dolls song. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Emily Van Camp. The one that got away. <laughs> well, we'll see her again. Yes, we will. Either her or the skull her. I don't know. We'll see. But Chris, what was your take on that? The whole Emily Van Camp in uh, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I thought it was weird the whole time. Didn't quite fit, did it? It was real close. Like somebody was like 98% of the way there. Something just didn't sit right. What do you think about the theory that she was a scroll? That could do it. Um, it, We could get into some like blackmail type situations that could do it, but she seemed a little too into everything going on for that to be it. So, I mean, this could be our secret war, secret invasion, anything like that kind of intro too. Yeah, I was, it's still, I've had it out in the background and I've still, you're right. It's, it's almost there, but there's just something that's just saying, no, this just isn't right. But again, it is in a world that has been transformed. And as we have seen just in the last couple of years, the world gets transformed and people do stuff that you didn't think they were going to do. So there is some real yeah. world instances of that, but I just didn't feel like it fit the narrative for the character. and. It is, it's going to be what it is. I still like seeing her on screen. So, and they had some COVID stuff screw things up anyway. They did. They had to stop in the middle of production. Yep. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2021.